Hi, everyone. <laughs> uh, you're watching Unsafe Space. You're watching Coffee Break on Unsafe Space. Thank God Carrie's here today. Because I could not Hello, handle it. Hello, Carter. Today, so. It's okay. Everything's fine. It's going to be fine. Welcome to Coffee Break on Unsafe Space. If it's your first time watching, I'm Carrie Smith, and this is Carter Laren. And this is a live show that we do on Mondays and Fridays. We had a lot of tech problems this morning on Carter's end. Everything he touched was broken, including his mouse. And we're still here and only 15 minutes late, which in my world is fine. Um, By the way, <laughs> this is not a carry late scenario. This is a oh, I know. 100% me. I'm rarely late clear. anyway. That's just a joke. Yeah, fair. By the way, you should move your camera down Ooh. a little bit so that your face is up higher. So you're not. Yeah, there you go. So we can see your face. Okay. <sighs> and I wanted to thank everyone while you get a gather, just gather, you can gather your calmness. I want to thank everyone who came to book club yesterday. We got to discuss Michael Rechenwald's um, sci-fi novel called Thought, Thought Criminal. That was a really fun discussion. I knew some of the people who were in that discussion with us are in the chat today. Hello, Cheeky Mayor. Um, and, and we are going to be working on our next book for this coming month is nonfiction. We're doing the fourth turning which was recommended to us by this guy, this really cool guy, Cameron Pasha. We did an interview with him. If you haven't seen it, I would definitely recommend it. Who wrote The Fourth Turning? I keep plugging it. William forgetting. Strauss and Neil Howe, it says. Okay. William Strauss and Neil Howe. I don't know who Howe. those people are. But I so just turned to the info, index and apparently Dan Quayle is in it. So that's very important. Oh. Well, if you want more info, you can go to unsafespace.com. We have a book club page. It usually is up to date, tells you what book we're doing at the moment and gives you little Amazon links to buy it that give us a penny or a fraction of a penny if you buy through our link. <laughs> but you can get it anywhere and you can join us. It's free to join. It's free to participate. We do them live. You can be in the video discussion or you can just be live in the chat. And we tend to alternate between fiction and nonfiction. I it's a good way to make sure that you keep yourself reading because you've got this pressure of being in the club with other people and the excitement of being in the club with other people. Are we frozen? Yeah. You were for a moment, but you're back. You're back. We heard you. It, it just, it froze for a minute. Now you're a little bit grainy and kind of frozen. Okay. All right. Well, well, hopefully, okay. You should okay. Well, um, I, I guess I'm supposed to say like, share, and subscribe, but right now I'm just in this mood, so I'm uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna put this super chat up because it's made to make it's me feel fine. better. Uh, Rebecca P says, "Money to try and help Carter <laughs> feel less frustrated about tech issues. Technology might be evil, but capitalism isn't." Thank you uh, for the reminder. Capitalism Thank you, Rebecca is not P. Evil. Right, Rebecca, uh, and I do appreciate it. You know, I don't want to. <sighs> I knew it was going to be a day, but I didn't realize how bad it was. When I got up this morning, I just wanted to change. We have these recessed lights in our kitchen. I just wanted to change. There was three light bulbs that were out. I just wanted to change the light bulbs. It's like a 30-second job. I changed two of them, and the third one got stuck in the thing and ended up falling apart, and I had to get, like, pliers and try and, like, pull the pieces that were stuck in. It was just like it, it started out like that. And then that just went to every computer program, every piece of software, the mouse, like everything I touched, just like the, literally the monitors here, like everything just didn't work today. It was, it was like, I, I felt like 
I felt like I am actually a boomer who doesn't understand technology. But the problem is that's not the case. Like I, I do just, I don't, well, one of those days, I don't know those days. One if I were those... religious, I would think that God was very angry with me today for some no, thing. I don't know. Because here's the thing. When you go through trials and frustrations, it's not because God is punishing you. God oh, is disciplining no, you. I'm Do- Job. I'm awesome. I know, God's just showing but off. There's a difference between discipline and punishment. No, this is important because I was thinking about this recently based on a sermon I heard a month or two ago, maybe, from my preacher, was that you know, there's this whole um, part in Hebrews 12 about discipline and how a lot of times to a child, if, if a father disciplines a child and says, no, you can't put that plastic bag over your head, even though you enjoy doing it, <laughs> the child views that as some type of punishment. You're taking it, the toddler would be like, why? I love this. Um, it's not punishment, it's discipline. And I think sometimes we tend to look at things that are happening to us as fr- these frustrations and these things we're having to deal with as, as like some kind of punishment or woe is me when you could also look at them as you're being strengthened and you're learning something. There's an opportunity there. You're being, yeah, I just kind of figure out what it is. I'm not sure. The opportunity probably is not don't get super angry and throw things. Right. I haven't There's... quite learned that lesson. It's teaching you patience. Also, I think God had us do this podcast together because I help teach you patience. I see. <laughs> you do help teach me patience. That's true. <laughs> and <laughs> you teach me patience in a different way. I'm sure um, I do. Uh, anyway, <laughs> welcome to Confefi again. Uh, somebody said, I look, because I have a bad internet connection, that I look really grainy. I wanted to give you guys some other positive good news. Here's the hope. The hope is that I'm going to get a PC at some point and be wired as well when we can afford it. And then my internet connection won't be crazy and I won't be dependent on this uh, laptop. And I can use that great microphone that you already got. Oh, you're not using that microphone? I can't use it with this laptop. It doesn't oh. have the ability. Yeah, there's so many oh, things I, I can't do with this. In retrospect, we should have just gotten a used PC. But now we know. <laughs> okay, well, that's, yeah, now we know. By the way, though, when you are, when you call in from your phone, your quality is quite good. Well, I don't like using my phone. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> It's a weird thing, but it's good. I know that we're spending too much time on housekeeping and weird stuff this morning, and I apologize. Sorry. You know what? It is what it is. So, uh, Somebody said my laptop just... says Super Nintendo on the side. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, uh, I don't even have – I have the notes from the wrong show in front of me today, too. Oh, it's great. Just... <laughs> See? Patience. You're being taught patience. Uh... So as you pull up the notes for today – we were we were thinking about what to discuss today, and there's a lot of things in the news, and there are um, cancel culture things in the news. I just saw this morning that Disney has now put a warning in front of the Muppets there, and it's a and it's a long warning about how offensive it is, um, racially somehow offensive, and then. They also, uh, I saw another article immediately after that about there's a push for the movie Grease to be banned. They say that it's misogynistic, that it doesn't include enough representations of gay people, and that it's a bit rapey. 
Um, which if you'll remember, that was also their criticism of the song, uh, baby, it's cold outside. Although I like the word rapey because it, it it doesn't actually mean anything. They can just make it sound like it's, well, it makes me think of rape. That seems like it would be your problem, but yeah. But listen to this, listen to this, uh, this is from the New York post. It's an article about Disney slaps the Muppet show with offensive content disclaimer. Even the Muppets are offensive these days. Anybody who streams the Muppet show on Disney Plus will see a disclaimer first, warning them of offensive content. Disney released five seasons of the iconic show for streaming on Friday, allowing viewers to enjoy watching Kermit the Frog, Miss Piggy, Fozzie the Bear, etc. The disclaimer shown prior to each episode warns viewers that the show features stereotypes and, quote, mistreatment of people or cultures, end quote. And then it says, in quote, the, the, the warning you get also says, this program includes negative depictions and or mistreatment of people or cultures. These stereotypes were wrong then and are wrong now. Rather than remove this content, we want to acknowledge its harmful impact, learn from mm-hmm. it, and spark conversation to create a more inclusive future together. Now, so, someone I, in the chat says, it's a bit sweetophobic. Yeah. I no, totally they, agree. Pork, pork, somebody pork, mentioned that, but they actually don't care. I mean, even if even if Swedes found the Swedish chef offensive, which they don't, but if they were to, they wouldn't care because he's white. That's not what they're talking about at all. You know that, right? Like they're. Oh, I, I know. Yeah. Right. It's just. But, but I actually not, don't know what they are talking about. I don't remember. I have what to give the them no, but are. you know what they're not talking about. They're not talking about. Oh yeah. Being offensive to Swedes, the the. Um, I have to give them credit. I have to give them credit for not censoring it entirely and just taking it down. On the other hand, I do think it's a bit cynical of them to say this is offensive and mistreats people's and people and cultures and it's harmful. Yet we still want to get your money. We just want to lecture you first before we let you watch it and pay to watch it. If you still have Disney mm-hmm. Plus after what they did to Gina Carano, anyway, like. I think it's I think it's time to reevaluate that. You could get it in you could get the Muppets and other ones. But um but yeah, so there're just two new things that were pro- cropped up and I just want to say to any liberals who are watching because we I know that we continue to hit people's woke breaking point every day. There's somebody else who hits their breaking point and maybe there's someone who's been hate watching us who's starting to hit that breaking point and and finding that they actually agree with us on some things. If you're a liberal you can stand up anytime now. We're waiting. You can stand up anytime now and you can push back against censorship and against these puritanical authoritarians on the left who want to censor what we can watch and read. You can stand up for art and for free expression. We're waiting for you. You can join other liberals like myself. There's a lot of us. And yes, you will get called right wing. We get called right wing. That's okay. If enough liberals stand up, if enough of us stand up, it doesn't matter what they call us. So if you're watching, if, if it's not enough for you that the Muppets and Greece, they're going after Greece. I mean, how much art are you going to let them take from us? And if you think, I know some of you are afraid and you think this will all blow over and this is going to just end soon on its own. It won't. You don't know very much about history if no. you think that's what's going to happen. It's going to keep, keep progressing, keep moving. They're going to keep censoring more and more things until you are looking backwards at this point and saying, gosh, why didn't I say something when it was so easy? when it was just the Muppets in Greece. Why did I wait? Yeah. 
you know? Well, so, I, I agree. I, I, uh, oh, look, I do have a new product idea though, Carrie. What? I think we should sell mirrors that come with content warnings that say this is offensive and misogynistic. <laughs> And yeah. we can sell them to all the woke people. Yes. And especially all the woke white people. They can feel bad about themselves. They are very offensive. Um, um, yeah. Somebody in the chat, I just want to say welcome to Wonder Freeman. Is that the name? Wonder Freeman says, "Here's I'm a liberal on board. Woohoo! I know, I know oh, it. Good. I know there's liberals who watch us, and I love you and appreciate you. <clears throat> anyway. Let me do a few more, few more super chats. Sun King says, my hood in SF is turning into planet meth tent. The city officials are useless. I need a Carter rant. <laughs> I don't know where you are in San Francisco, but it almost doesn't matter because everywhere in San Francisco is a meth tent. You know, when I first moved in 2000, I moved to San Francisco. I lived in the Tenderloin, which is <clears throat> not the best part of the city. I think it got its name because cops would get extra pay in order to work in that area and they could afford a better cut of meat. So they called yeah. the area the Tenderloin. That's the that's the urban legend anyway about it. Uh, but yeah, uh, I don't I don't know where that, I don't have much to rant about other than well, what do you expect, man? I mean, <laughs> you're living in San Francisco. I don't know what, I don't know what you expect. Uh, they have taken the richest one of the richest regions of the entire world um, and managed to create homeless tents and meth cities there it that takes that takes a special kind of person to do it takes an especially they, bad philosophy to do but they manage they're currently it. doing the same thing with austin i mean austin is starting to look more like um skid row in los angeles it's starting to look more like the yeah. tenderloin in san francisco than it did just three short years ago there's tents yeah. everywhere now. I don't. It used I don't, they used to be limited kind of to one underneath one underpass. Now they're under countless underpasses. They're on the they're yeah. on, they're in front of businesses. They're on the sidewalk where people are. Yeah, walking, it's metastasized to to in San Francisco too. It's all over. Like it used to just be like you're saying, like limited to tenderloin or a few oh, spots. But Sun King says now. Austin. No, I was planning to move there. Well, here let me make my pitch again. If you're planning <laughs> to move here. Look, we have enough. I think I think Texas is still savable. Uh, the problem is that we have so many woke people moving here from LA and, and New York. We need non-woke people moving here. And so if you are non-woke and you're looking for a place to save, yes, come here. I do think Austin's already lost, but we can fortify. <laughs> that word just makes me laugh now <laughs> because of the election. But we can, can fortify, fortify the, election, the areas around Austin. And so come to one the smaller towns outside of Austin, if you're a wrong thinker, and let's strengthen these places because what's going to happen if we don't do that? It's already happening. Austin, the wokeness of Austin is seeping into Georgetown. You know, it's seeping into the yeah. areas outside of Austin. So we need to fortify these areas now. And so I encourage you to consider coming and being a part of the resistance, the real resistance in Texas and helping us to save the state. Anyway, yeah, look, as I'm starting to warm up to Texas, it's the only place that's likely to secede. And I think secession's probably. Also, the recent weather the that we had was very unusual. That hasn't happened in, 
I mean, I, I don't know, like a hundred years. It hasn't happened in a long time here. I hesitate to give a number because I'm not, yeah. but somebody was telling me yesterday how it's been many, 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 many decades since we had a winter that bad. And we're already, somebody said in the chat, are you wearing short sleeves to protest the cold weather? No, that's the thing about Texas. It's so changeable. We're already in the seventies now. We're back up in the seventies today. <laughs> it's yeah. beautiful. We put our hammock back outside. <laughs> anyway. All right. Let's do a few more super chats. Um, your friend, <clears throat> Mandy, the Russian bot says, fellow Texan Russian bot, Carrie, it looks like we survived the bitter Texan Russian cold together. Privyet and bless your heart. <laughs> we did. I have, as were asked in the chat, did you get any flooding? Um, I have one pipe that I think froze and I'm going to have a plumber come look at it. Uh, but otherwise I've been okay. I've been very fortunate and I know people who have not, I have a friend who's still dealing with, uh, the whole apartment was flooded and, yeah. and her whole complex was flooded. So I know a lot of people who were not as I was, we were very fortunate. Yeah. Um, well, you can, now you can prep a little bit Yeah. in the future for your, well, I know you're probably going to move, so. Your new house, you can prep. Yeah, at the move. at the new place. So I'm moving even further outside of Austin. And uh, you can email us at speak at unsafespace.com if you're considering moving to Texas. And I will do my best. I know I owe some of you an answer. I'll do my best to get to those this week. I've been, because of the power outages and stuff, I've been especially behind on messages. But um, I encourage you to come up here and I'll, t I'll give you advice on which cities to check out. So... Okay. Uh, Azor says she said no. Oh, that sucks. Really? What? I'm sorry, man. He proposed last week, remember? Oh, I'm really sorry, Azor. Maybe she found out you watched this show. No, that can't be I, it. I apologize. <laughs> well, don't, hey, don't give up. That doesn't mean, you know, I don't know all the details, but just because a woman says no the first time doesn't mean. I have no idea what your situation is. So anyway, yeah, I don't know the details either. So I'm, I'm hesitate to give advice, but my gut reaction is the opposite of Carrie's, oh. which is eh, effort. Move on. Um, she's going to say no, leave. But I don't know the details. Maybe that's bad advice. So I'm, I'm not actually giving it. Well, find out uh, why. Find out why she said no. I mean, maybe there, you know, that would be my advice. Right. <clears throat> uh. Oh, anyway, he said, psych, I'm getting married. Why would you do that? Oh, dude. A new super, super chat that said, psych, I'm getting married. What a weird sense of humor. I would have said no. <laughs> <laughs> what a jerk. Now we can be extra happy. Okay. For him. Wow. Cool. <laughs> wow. What a punk. You punked us. Got Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, why bother says hello, fellow wrong thinkers. Howdy is breathing offensive already, or is it still allowed? It depends on your skin color. Uh, okay. G man says, I didn't realize this before, but it seems almost all of Disney's content is highly offensive. I think we should stay all stay away from that company. Yeah, I you know what it is. It's in fact, it's dangerous. And uh, harmful. I think it's said. only the responsible thing to do is to cancel Disney plus, you know, <coughs> if you care about your kids. Uh, and you care about justice, you should probably stay away from their their content because it's harmful. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, Liberty Solutions gives us 223. We all know why. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Andrew Joyner says, getting canceled is getting to be a badge of honor. Yeah. Well, it is because you're joining a, a very uh, good list of people. Oh my gosh, did Carter just Did I just disappear? <laughs> did I just disappear? I literally, you know what? This time, my mouse has like a side button that I accidentally pressed, which I didn't realize. And apparently it backs you up in the browser and like... Oh my God. Okay, fingers hey, crossed. You know what? I'm just not going to touch anything anymore. Uh, I lost all the super, super chats I had queued, but I can go find them. I'll let you introduce the topic and I'll go find the super chat. Right. Later. Okay. So, well, why don't you pull up one of the Haiti articles and we can find the, do super chats later. Right. Beverly what, can what, what Haiti article do you want me to pull up? Um, let's pull up the CNN one. So we're going to pull from legacy sources here. Although the reason I wanted to talk about this today was because I haven't heard anything about this in the legacy media and I wouldn't have known about it had my, fiance not told me about it because he watches different different types of YouTube channels like like ours and um, he likes to listen to people on the right and the left and he he on the left he listens to Jimmy Dore and he listens to the gray zone and the gray zone was talking about this and so it was alternative media that brought it to our attention um, and it turns out the legacy media has done a few articles about it so we're gonna draw from those but they're not really I, I mean I ask you guys in the chat have you heard about what's happening in Haiti? And if so, where did you hear about it? Was it from legacy media or not? Because they're not making a big deal about this at all. Um, so do you want to read from this article just a little bit about what's happening there? About President Moise? Moise? Uh, yeah, you go ahead, though, because I'm still trying to figure out how to pull up the super oh, okay. Um, okay, so I'll read from this one then. I can't read it on the screen, Carter. I have to. Oh, so the title is "Protests in Haiti as Political Standoff Continues," and then there's the next part of it. Okay, so large crowds of Haitians took to the streets again on Sunday as a standoff between President Jovenel Moise and the country's opposition movement stretched into its third week. So these protests have been happening for three weeks, and I'm just hearing about this myself. Uh, quote, those of us fighting who want another Haiti, a Haiti pearl of the Antilles, say no to the dictatorship. One protester told Reuters, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Another criticized the United States and international organizations for supporting the president. And they're talking about President Moise. At the heart of the protest is a dispute over the president's term limit. Moise has served only four years of the usual five and says his term ends in 2022, a stance that is backed by the United States, United Nations. Uh, protesters, however, said that he should have stepped down on February 7th. They're citing, what are they citing? The Constitution of Haiti, <laughs> a constitutional provision that starts the clock that says that, the, the, that it starts when they are elected rather than when they take office. So they say he's already served his five-year term. Um, oh. And then if you keep reading, you'll find out he hasn't scheduled the elections. They, they were supposed to already have elections. They haven't had the elections yet. Okay, so they say, um, we want the international community to understand the Haiti people won't back down on their demands. 
Jovenel Moise must leave the National Palace for a peaceful transition that can lead us to the elections, opposition, opposition leader Andre Michel told CNN. Um, so this guy has done a number of things. He's been, uh, it says legislative elections are already long overdue in Haiti after the country's parliament dissolved last year. Moise failed to organize new elections leaving legislative and municipal positions empty across the country and the population effectively unrepresented, except by him, I guess. The vacant parliament means that Moise is currently ruling by decree. Sounds like a dictator, right? Earlier this month, he also ordered three Supreme Court justices to retire. So he's, he's throwing Supreme Court justices off the court, which he's not allowed to do. Uh, he, accused, he accused them of having designs on his office. This was a move that legal experts have told CNN is unconstitutional. Yeah, you think? <laughs> I mean, what kind of constitution would you have? Anyway, um, so in protest, Haiti's judiciary stopped working, putting courts and tribunals across the country on pause. Um, he's, you know, the National Bar Association and the, and the Superior Council of Judicial Power in Haiti, they have sided with the opposition and they've called for Moise to step down. So have some U.S. lawmakers. However, the international community and the administration of U.S. President Joe Biden have largely voiced support for Moise to remain in office until 2022, though his recent handling of the protests in Supreme Court is sparking concern. So, so here's what I gather is happening. This dude is firing, which he's not allowed to do, but throwing Supreme Court justices off the court. He did not schedule elections, so there's nobody representing people at, at all of these smaller levels of government. Um, he's also now rounding up and arresting leaders of the opposition party. He's arresting protesters and throwing them in jail. He's arresting journalists, and he's saying he's not going to leave office. And so the reason why I thought this was interesting is because it seems that the actual progressives, and I know when I say that, Carter's always like, who are you talking about? But I'm talking about people who are not social. I think we could have a good conversation right. about that separately, but yeah. Right. So actual progressives, like like shows like The Gray Zone <clears throat> and people like Jimmy Dore or Dennis Kucinich, these are people I consider real progressives, Noam Chomsky. They are rightly calling out the hypocrisy from people like Joe Biden. They're like, well, I thought... I thought you guys believe black lives matter, I guess, unless they're in Haiti. Um, I thought you believed that there should be a peaceful transition of power unless you're in Haiti, <laughs> you know, and, and because there, because there's this, this very sincere part of the left, the people I call true progressives who are, are the only ones pushing back against this. And we only are seeing very limited articles about it from the legacy media, the left as a whole is not talking about this. Of course they're not. I didn't hear about this in legacy media. So yeah, I, didn't I just wanted to get some of your thoughts on this and maybe we can look at some of the other articles and things that are happening as well. Also, we're continuing. Biden is deporting people back to Haiti where they're at risk of being arrested and thrown in prison. And so he's rightly being called a hypocrite for that. Yeah. So I watched the gray zone video that you sent to me, which was I don't know, 45 minutes long or whatever. <clears throat> and it was an interview with a, I forget the guy's name, but someone from Haiti. Um, and I don't know, I'm gonna, it got me thinking about, 
I started to research Haiti and then and then I kind of stepped back and had this larger discussion that I feel like is is kind of more important to me personally. Uh, but in terms of the Haiti stuff, I mean, there's some, obviously there's obvious hypocrisy, but the hypocrisy from politicians isn't surprising. Um, you know, Trump called Haiti a shithole. Now, this guy who was anti-Trump and anti the US, frankly, had been complaining about the US intervention in Haiti, probably for good reason, although I don't know all the details, but based on what he outlined, it seemed like legitimate gripes, I guess. Uh, he also was like, well, Haiti is a shithole. Like, it, it, like it, you know, you guys helped create the shithole that is Haiti. Um, yes. And they played this clip of Biden, which you mentioned saying, you know, basically Biden said if Haiti was raised up 300 feet or fell into the ocean, it wouldn't make much of a difference. Um, and they kind of cut the clip off there. Um, although they didn't cut it off right there, they just kind of ignored the last part of that sentence. And I think they took it out of context and they did exactly what they did to Trump all the last four years. And they did it to Biden. And I'm going to defend Biden because it's dishonest to do what they did to Biden. He said, in terms of U.S. foreign interests, he's talking about U.S. foreign interests. Mm -hmm. He's not saying morally, it doesn't matter if Haiti falls into the ocean. He's saying in terms of U.S. interests, it doesn't matter if Haiti falls into the ocean. That's not racist. It's not It's not imperialist. It's not. There's nothing wrong with it. It's not immoral. It's a statement about U.S. foreign policy interests. That's all it is. And as much as I don't like Biden, I think it's dishonest to, to show that and say, see? Because they called, they showed that clip and then they said, see, Biden's racist. Uh, I agree I don't, with you. I agree I with you actually 100%. But I do think that clip is interesting because for me, it doesn't point out his racism. It, but to me, it points out his hypocrisy and the hypocrisy from people who tried to say Trump was a racist for saying uh, shithole countries. Yes, um, absolutely. It points out the hypocrisy. If, you, if you're going to hold totally. Trump to that standard, then you should look at this quote from Biden yeah. equally and you should hold him to that shitty standard too. But, they, but they're not going to. Of course. I mean, these progressives are, but yeah. So I do, I do actually want to have a, a legitimate conversation where you educate me about what you mean by progressive, but, but let's put that aside for a second. What I was thinking about with Haiti is, okay, so there are, there's 195 countries in the world. The U.S. has a history of getting involved in regime change. Um, <laughs> we... And often we do we do it against people who are bad. So Qaddafi, uh, Qaddafi was not a great guy, um, but we got involved. We pushed for regime change. We um, enabled the Arab Spring, and Qaddafi was murdered in a pretty horrific way. And fine, I guess. Uh, I don't know. He maybe he deserved it. But uh, now we have the Muslim Brotherhood in charge in Libya. And Gaddafi was replaced by uh, a government that looks the other way for open-air slave trading in that country now. Things are worse because we meddled. And almost always, things are worse almost because always. we meddled, right? This is – and, you know, when you – I don't want to say this. 
you always have limited resources in your personal life, in your in a company, in a country. There's always limited resources. Those resources could be time, it could be money, it could be expertise, you know, how much attention you can pay. Doesn't matter. Emotional energy, doesn't matter. You have limited resources. Your job is to say no. Your job is to learn how to say the word no. That's not my focus. For example, I'll just use the startup analogy because I've been involved in a lot of startups. If you can't say no, your startup will fail because you have very limited resources. You can't say yes to every good idea. Lots of good ideas come along. Lots of things come along. We should build this. We should do that. We should do this. If you say yes to those, you will fail. You have to say no to everything but the one thing you're supposed to focus on, that the one thing that you're going to bet all your chips on because someone else in the startup world, someone else will be focusing laser focused on that one thing and you'll be spreading your focus over multiple things and they'll beat you. As a country, now look, I, you know, I know I'm an anarcho-capitalist ultimately, but let's assume that we're gonna say there's a legitimacy to having a country and having borders and having like, well, just having a state, having a, a country in some respect that's based on, let's say, if it's gonna be legitimate, trying to protect individual rights. Where does the moral authority come from to use taxpayer dollars to help people in other countries? Not that it's bad to help people. I'm not saying it's bad to help people. I'm saying why are you allowed as an official to take money from people who are, you are you're taking tax money by force and you're using it to help people in other countries? Situations which are often way too complex for, I don't understand, I'll never understand the complexity of Haiti exactly. I don't live there. It's hard enough to understand the complexity of Washington, right? So all of our, our uh, we were like massive amounts of money, resources, and effort are being taken to deal with 194 other countries. And when some human rights abuse or something goes wrong, I think it's just a distraction. I think we're shown this crap to be like, hey, don't you care about this? Why aren't we talking about that? Blah, 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 blah. It's not that I don't care about Haiti. If someone cares about Haiti and they want to privately go with private money and there's like Haitian relief organizations, as long as they're not the Clintons, because apparently they're very corrupt and didn't use any of the money for actual helping Haitians, but whatever. Uh, if you want to go do that, fine. But I don't think that Haiti is a conversation that the U.S. should be having at a national level. Like, but that's not our concern. But we're not. That's that's my point is. Well, my point is we that kind of are. I mean, the article not, you sent was in CNN. Not The really, other articles though. that you sent earlier was New York Times. Biden, my, no, no, no. If they wanted to go into, if they wanted to go in and interfere in Haiti, they would be making this an issue. They're not making this an issue. They're not plastering this everywhere. They like, for whatever reason, they like the dictator that's in there right now. That's my contention. Sure. Possibly. Possibly. And so, and but so, sincere. What do you want them to do? Since I don't want them to do anything, I wanted to just talk about this story and talk about their hypocrisy and talk about the fact that sincere progressives do want them to do something, and 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 those progressives are highlighting the fact that they're giant hypocrites. And and sure, and, which I think they're correct. About. Yeah, which I think they're yeah. correct about because sincere progressives will look at this and say, "Well, why aren't we doing anything?" 
And why isn't this plat this plot story plastered everywhere? And I would say to those sincere progressives, it's because, I mean, a lot they know this, but because Biden is not a progressive, and because the war machine and the the deep state and our our media and this whole cathedral that we talk about, like for whatever reason, they're perfectly fine with that dic the dictator that's currently in in power. Well, I mean, look at the options, right? Aristide is the the one, I guess, according to this this thing that uh, I watched in the expert who was talking about Haiti, Aristide is the one like semi-popular politician in Haiti at all right now. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, Aristide's a liberation theologist. <laughs> like Aristide's a Marxist. Like, yeah. so, uh, I, you know, and, and they, you know, they, they call this guy Moise a right winger. I, maybe he, he pushed for universal health care and crap. That's not really right wing. I mean, so did is Hitler, he a right? bad dictator? <laughs> Maybe, probably, yeah. yeah. But every bad dictator isn't automatically right wing. And yeah. the option, like, what are the options? A liberation theologist? Like, I don't, I, th this is why I, st I pause to say like, okay, it's, this is a complex issue. And I don't, I don't want it to be something that, like, we're in the middle of losing our liberties as a country we're in the yeah. middle of watching our country dissolve i don't want to argue about who should be the leader in haiti and what kind of election should be what and what we should be i don't want to be giving them aid i don't want to be giving like i don't want to be saying we support this particular dictator but not that one and we like this and not that mm -hmm. and we're going to interpret the haitian constitution i think we should shut our mouths and leave them alone nobody asked you to have that argument so well <laughs> you kind of well, did mean, ask me to have that argument by bringing no. up Haiti and saying like, hey, no, we should be talking about Haiti. I would like to talk about what's happening there to be aware of what's going on in that country. We don't hear enough about what's happening in other places. We don't get the real I don't news. think we. I don't think we should. And not that we should. Like, if you're interested, sure. But like, I don't, if I was the, the czar of the media, which is... I would resign from because that such a position shouldn't exist. But whatever, if I magically could control uh, the media or or set agendas, if I ran a newspaper, I I wouldn't talk about Haiti. I you know I would be talking about Biden's gun control or things that like affect Americans. Well, like, I I'm, would like to read about both, so I would I would I would subscribe to a different newspaper than yours. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, that, that's fine. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I you know, I, I think I've been very clear about my particular goals for saving Western civilization and talking about Haiti doesn't help. Right? I don't care. It's not that I don't care about Haitians, I do, but it's it's a it's a question of focus and energy and well, like I think unraveling what what's what going you're on in Haiti. What you're losing in this focus is that we need everyone that we can get to be aware of what's happening with the media in this country and with deep state in this country and with social media companies and progressives are our allies or can be and liberals are our allies i'm a liberal or can be and this story is our allies. and this story is interesting yeah. to me because this is one where people you have the ability to reach sincere people on the left by highlighting this story and and showing them look at what Biden is doing here. Look at the hypocrisy here. This is a story about hypocrisy on behalf of the cathedral. This is a story about yet another story about their hypocrisy, but it's specifically one that appeals to people on the left who have humanitarian principles. 
So that's why it's of interest to me. But I know you don't seem to care about those yeah. people. <laughs> it's not that I don't care about the people. Yeah. See, this is a, that's a that's a dishonest like that's the dishonest progressive argument. You don't care unless you care to have a discussion. No, about I'm not talking house. about Haiti. I'm saying you don't care about the progressives. You don't even seem you, you know. Do I care about the progressives? I don't think they're the way to save the enlightenment. No, <laughs> I mean, but I also don't know what you mean when you say progressive, which is why I think that's actually an interesting discussion to have. Because I actually, when you say the word progressive, maybe I'm misinterpreting. I only think of like the progressive era, which is like eugenicists and Marxists and like people that I don't, the progressives Yeah, that's weren't. not who I'm talking about. Right, so when you say progressive, I'm actually quite curious. What do you mean? What does it take like to be a progressive? We've talked about this before, but okay. I mean, people like, I, I mean, I even give not. examples because I'm like, I'm, I mean, I know, people, but like, people like Noam Chomsky isn't an answer to me. What are the principles that make someone They're anti-war. They are okay. anti, they, they do believe in, they do believe in social programs. They do believe in socialized medicine and you will disagree with them on these things. Of course, sure, they, yeah, yeah. they do believe in these public safety nets. Um, but just you know, like normal left, like normal liberals, like old, like not classical liberals, but like nineties liberals. They're not like classical liberals because they believe in social Programs. Right, I'm saying not classical liberals, but right. like 90s liberals, like yes. the way liberal has been used my yes. entire life. Yes, I, you could call them that. Yes, I consider, I mean, I typically use the word progressive to set them apart from classical liberals because I view them as they, they overlap in some ways and then they differ in other ways. But, so uh, but, are, is but there these differentiation? people are separate from, the. I mean, the most important thing is that, in my opinion, social justice ideology is, is, a, is a cancer that is eating, that is devouring liberals and progressives, is devouring classical liberalism and progressivism. And, and the it's more that you can, yeah. yeah, and the more that you can help people who are sincere, who sincerely believe, you know, who are sincere progressives or sincere liberals, the more that you can help them see that social justice is not a part of their belief system, that it's opposed to their beliefs, then the more likely you are to bring those people over as allies and get them to start speaking against it. Because what social justice does is tells people on the right. left, it told people like me, this is liberalism, this is progressivism, this is, this is, and it's not, it's, 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 right. it's censorship. Liberals but where's the social justice angle on Haiti? The social justice say that they would, you know, black lives matter, that we shouldn't be deporting people who are refugees, that we should, so anytime you can point out that they are hypocrites, because they're, oh, they're also, okay. social justice is also, as we know, in, in bed with the power, whoever has power, because social justice worship power and everything they preach they're about, they're lying. They're not actually about black lives. They don't actually care. They only care, they only say that they believe in certain things. They only, the things that they push, they push as a, as a means to attain power. And so if you tell like a progressive or a liberal, a lot of times they, they're they walking, think about it like walking down a path on the left, right? You're walking mm -hmm. down a path and, and one of you is a liberal, one of you is a progressive, one of you is a social justice person. At a certain point, you guys are veering off on very different paths. And it may not occur to you that that person who's on that path with you is disagrees with you on a lot <laughs> and doesn't hold the same beliefs as you on a lot. 
and I've heard Brett Weinstein talk about this in um, the lecture he gave called um, How the Magic Trick is Done, where right. he talks about how um, if you have common goals or you believe that you have common goals up until a certain point, you may not realize that that, that social justice person is actually you know, got your head in as, as a target. Like they've got a gun to your back at some, at some point they're going to, he didn't say this. I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing what he was, right, right, right. what he was talking about was that, you know, they're on this path up into a certain point and then they're on very different paths. And so I think it's important to constantly, for me anyway, to keep in mind who I used to be and the things I used to believe when I was on the left. And if someone were to show me this Haiti story, and say, what's happening here? What's Biden's response here? What's the left's response here? Why isn't the left talking about this? Why isn't the mainstream media talking about this? I would pay attention. And I would, because I, I would be like, of course we should be. It, now, I'm not saying that I'm that social justice person is right, but or that right. progressive or leftist is right. I'm just saying that if you are sincere about your beliefs, then you would look at this story and say, how could we be doing this? How could we be letting this dictator? I thought we believed in a peaceful transition of power. I thought we believed Black Lives Matter. I thought we believed that we shouldn't be sending refugees back to a place where they're going to be imprisoned. And so this that's the kind of story that helps to crack a person's worldview a bit, that their side is always the good guys, that they're, you know, and, and we, well, we have I, these people who get trapped into this tribalism part where they're just like, oh, Biden's right. in there. I can go to sleep now. It's someone I trust. And he... And and anyway, but I think what's being highlighted. I mean, I just want to play devil's advocate. I think what's yeah. being highlighted is that Biden isn't completely a social justice warrior because the language that the pro Haiti people were using. In fact, the guy that was interviewed. In fact, the the, the language during that gray zone interview yeah. was social justice language. And as I mentioned, Aristide is a liberation theologist. The social justice warriors would agree that Biden is not doing what he should be doing. Right. So I would say that this is a the this sincere. is an example of the the social justice warriors are they married the cathedral because they wanted Biden in because they wanted Trump out and Biden's better for them but Biden's not actually towing the line on social justice either. So in this right. respect well, I would say the progressives and social justice warriors would be in agreement that Biden is not doing what he should be Correct. doing. Correct. And that's what I mean is that is a way to crack their allegiance to the cathedral. This is the kind of story that I would have noticed. That's all I'm saying. That if somebody had brought it to my attention, except I, pr it probably wouldn't have been brought to my attention because if you're, if all you're doing is watching leftist news sources, the legacy media, and you're not going to see this. Yes. Yeah, CNN did an article. The New York Times did an article, but this isn't plastered. You know, you know what I mean. It's not like when Trump said shithole countries and it was everywhere. You know, most people who are plugged into the machine are not going to see this. If some of them were to see it, it might be that little pinprick in the, you know, their belief. It might be that little, it might provide a crack for them in their in their system of belief. Yeah, it was but I guess my point like is that this, that this divide. It was that little things like this. Go ahead. It was little things like this that started to wake me up. People were always asking, how do we wake up those who are plugged in? Yeah. I'm, my only point is, and I think in this case, the crack is a crack in the belief of the cathedral, not in the not a crack in the belief of social justice. 
because right, that's okay though. A difference. That's okay. okay. My first, the first thing that my first uh, wake up moment wasn't something. It, it, I had um, my belief in the what the media was telling me challenged. I had oh, two, I see. So, two different so you, beliefs. This yeah. is a. This is just a. This is another example of hey, the media and the cathedral are lying to you to get yes, your approval. But the whole system is lying to you and using you yeah. and using your sincere beliefs, and they don't actually yeah. sincerely believe these things that you think you do. Right. Well, I hope that I made, would agree with that you was on a long that. roundabout way to get to why I thought that was important. <laughs> yeah. No. But, I like. I. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not trying to be an ass. I just, I really I wanted to understand the, I wanted to tease it out because if I don't understand it, right. likely other people don't understand it. Um, so when I first saw the, when I went down that rabbit hole of, of videos on YouTube of, of people on the left attacking Trump supporters, that did two things. It challenged my belief that my side was good because these are people presumably on my side who are physically assaulting Trump people. Right. But it also, the big thing it did was it, it also challenged my belief that I, I knew what was real, that the media was telling me the truth. It challenged my belief in the media. And I didn't even realize I had developed that strong belief in the media again, but I had, which is weird because when w, when w was in office, I didn't, I didn't believe in the media. I could easily see, oh, the media and the CIA and the, the, you know, politics that all works hand in hand to sell us whatever they want to sell us like this Iraq war. I could see that. But then what happens is when you're in this cult of belief and you really believe in the, my side's the good guys, the other side's the bad guys. And then when your side gets in there, you just, you just start believing in the media again. Cause, cause now the media is kissing the butt of the person that you voted for. And they're working with the person you voted for to get into wars that you don't even know about because you're not paying attention anymore because you voted for Obama. So you're not even looking to see all the, all the stuff that he's doing, all the bombs that he's dropping. You're not even paying attention now because it's someone you voted for and you forget that the media does this. You think, Oh, well, they're telling the truth now. That's what happened to me. And seeing all those videos was like, wow, during the 2016 campaign season, presidential campaign season, I had read article after article about how violent Trump supporters were and how they were making rallies violent. And, you know, I just had this belief planted in my mind by consuming media. Even when you don't think you're consuming it, you're consuming it. It's on the at airports. You're seeing headlines. You're reading things in your feed here and there. You're consuming it. In marketing, they call like all those different impressions they talk about how if you're selling a product, if you're selling a CD, you're putting a CD out. It's not enough just to tell your fans, hey, I've got a new CD. You need to hit them with multiple impressions from different places because it takes the human brain. I forget what they said, but you need like maybe five impressions at least. Yeah, it's a few. This article uh -huh. here, somebody to review it over here. You need a friend to tell them about the album. You need them to hear about it in this other context until their brain is heard about had you know more than one impression from different places that happens with the news and with media we're constantly being programmed and, and manipulated by hearing multiple think about how many impressions we get when trump, whenever trump did something cathedral will go after him and you just hear about it nonstop. these people who are brainwashed in our lives that we know who are plugged into the machine no wonder they're brainwashed they don't even have to seek out the narrative the narrative comes for them yeah and typically it's written by reuters or 
the Associated Press and then just repeated in, like in some form by 15 different news networks and then yeah you get your impressions right so and they're all and they're all uncannily the same as if and they're all they the same. independently come to that conclusion yeah but they and didn't. then their friend or their mother-in-law whoever posts about it and it's the same narrative and they hear about it over here and then it's all right. trump said trump said uh some are very good people trump said some are very good people so it's a total lie but they all believe it now how many impressions did they hear that of that you know so i don't know i just like I like highlighting when the cathedral is lying because because so many people have if you break down that trust that they have in it, then I think you have a chance to get for their mind to open on its own because then they start questioning what else am I wrong about? What else have I been told to lie about? Yeah, we should probably do super chats. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 I, I, I agree with you. I, yeah, uh, I thank agree you, you for that, humoring so. me with this story. No, no, it wasn't even humoring you. Like, I did actually want to talk about it because I know it's just like, it's actually an interesting, it, it poses some interesting questions like pointing out the hypocrisy and, and, and the question of like, what should we do? Should we do anything? The question I was going to ask you actually earlier was do progressives, are they anti-war or are they anti any kind of foreign intervention. It seems like they're they're anti-war, but they they want to do other interventions. Yes, I would say most of them are anti-war, but they are pro-intervention if they if they can be convinced that they are helping oppressed people, right. which gets used against them a lot. And that book that we read in book club was, I thought, really a great example of that. What was the book? Uh, Max Blumenthal's. Uh, hmm. uh, Management of savagery. Management of savagery, which shows how they the cathedral just used because they know that they know that. Look, well, these this group, what progressives, liberals, whatever. Well, they're anti-war. Therefore, we have to have a good reason. We have to we have to come up with lies about babies being killed. Like, in this war is good for the babies. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's war for the children. That yeah. works. Uh, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I have to, I'm going to read a few super chats okay, here. Okay, I have to take a very short break. I'll be right back. That's that's fine. Uh, I'm going to read some super chats. Let's see. I think. I think the the next one was from Kent Anufertruck. This is from a while ago. It is. It was about uh, the Muppets. Miss Piggy beating Kermit was often the punchline, uh, which is itself uh, a little bit of a pun. So thank you, Kent. But uh, yes, maybe that's the problematic thing is it's spousal abuse from from a female pig to a male frog. Were they married or just girlfriend? Whatever. I don't know. Um, let's see. Quote of the day from Keith the Hat Guy. It's not easy being green, which I believe and Keith believes came from Kermit. Uh, as or as we said earlier, psyched us out. He is actually getting married. Congratulations again. Uh, let's see. Oh, and Azor says, thanks for all the wishes. Love you all. Thank you, Azor. I would put that up if I could, but I think I am now to the point where I have to just read and I can't put them up on screen. Uh, Chavez Chavez says, you, you should both condition yourself to show no emotion so that when you are punked, you do not reinforce bad behavior. Yeah. If I show no emotion... 
if I conditioned myself to show no emotion, I wouldn't enjoy my life. I'm I actually, you know, it's okay. I'll get punked once in a while. It's cool. It's all good, Azor. Uh, that nobody guy says, so glad I found you guys because of Friday Night Tights. I love your banter and interviews. Will Carter make an appearance anytime soon? Uh, I assume you mean an appearance on Friday Night Tights. I doubt it. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, I have not been. Uh, I, I don't. Do they need another nerdy guy on Friday Night Tights? I don't, I don't know if that's really necessary, but sure. Um, Pirate Tomsky says, Carter, it sounds like your setup needs a great reset. Yes, but not that kind of great reset, Pirate Tomsky. It does need a great reset. I don't know what the hell's going on. Like, literally, I don't want to get into it again. I'm like looking around everything that is powered by electricity in any way has broken this morning. Um, Joe King says, here's five bucks for Azor's bachelor party. <laughs> nice. You should be giving it to Azor though. Uh, M tax shark says there's a long history of Kennedy family and Clinton financial kickbacks in Haiti to add the, to the political stuff there. Yeah. So one thing that this guy on the gray zone talked about, <clears throat> which I appreciated, you know, I, Obviously, I, I don't think I would like this guy's politics at all. I think he was social justice -y likely. I, I couldn't totally tell, but he seemed of this social justice persuasion. But he was uh, an equal hater on like Bush, Obama, Trump, Biden. Uh, he basically didn't like any of them. Uh, and he did talk about, at least tangentially, the Clinton-Haiti debacle. And it's interesting because <clears throat> when after the earthquake, what was it, 2010, I guess? Um, in fact, here, I think there's even a, I might even have an article on, yeah, I do. Uh, let's see. This is from 2016. Remember when Trump made some comments about the Clinton family in Haiti? Uh, here it is. Let's see if I can pull it up. When Trump made some comments here about Oops. He said, the Clinton family, they're crooks, they're thieves, they're liars. He was talking, he said what they did in Haiti was a disgrace. Um, this was considered by the mainstream media at the time a right-wing talking point. And we weren't, no one really talked about what the Clintons had done in Haiti, how they're very little of their, I think it was like, man, I don't remember the number, it was like, $13 billion or whatever, whatever the aid was, $9 billion, something like that. How little of that aid actually went to Haitians and it went to outside organizations and, and people accused the Clintons of kind of, uh, you know, getting kickbacks and using this and, you know, people called for investigations, but of course the mainstream media wanted nothing to do with it. They didn't want to talk about it because, you know, it was considered, you know, Trump said it and therefore we can't really you know, we can't really take it seriously. It's it must be a conspiracy theory. But now it's not. Now, now I guess we're allowed to talk about uh, the Clintons. Maybe as the Clintons fall out of power, we'll be able to talk about them a little bit in in arrears. Um, Ryan uh, Puraker says my local school board meeting mentioned an anti-racist and equity policy Friday. White fragility is on the school district equity reading list. I prepared a statement and I'm calling in. I'm calling in next meeting. Good. Uh, get involved, Ryan, um, because that's the only way you're gonna, that's the only way you're gonna stop this stuff, but I'm sorry that that's happening. It's probably, it's happening everywhere. Jeremy, Jeremy says some good news. 
Um, West Virginia introduced a bill to block divisive training based on race, i.e. critical race theory. Hope it passes and can pave the way for other states. Awesome. That'll be great. Uh, that is good news. Human Kirk says they don't report on Haiti because it can't be connected to a narrative they want to push, which is today the only reason for international news to exist. Uh, that's a great point. Yes. The only reason things uh, exist is to push probably towards the Great Reset or something like that that they are trying to if push If it forward. doesn't fit their narrative, they won't cover it. It doesn't help. And they it also won't. Yeah. They won't do anything. They won't because they don't actually believe in what they claim to believe in. Also, they don't I actually believe in anything other than mm -mm, pushing power. their agenda. <laughs> other than getting power. Mm -hmm. I um I saw some people in chat, more than one person say when they think of progressive, they think of AOC or the squad. And I just wanted to say, in my opinion, mm -hmm. you should stop doing that. And here's why. I'll make my case. You should stop doing that because there are the people I call sincere progressives who do not support AOC and the squad who recognize that they are something else. And what I would argue they are is power hungry authoritarians who push social justice ideology, whether they're sincere about social justice or not, they certainly preach it. Social justice is not progressivism. I don't view it as such. I want to divorce social justice from liberalism and progressivism so that actual sincere liberals and progressives will get over their fear of pushing back against this puritanical authoritarian kind of leftism and we'll start weeding it out because I do believe we need them. I think we need liberals. I think we need progressives. I want to get back to a place where liberals and progressives and conservatives, this is what we do at civility dinners where we can have conversations and, and discuss and argue about policy and, you know, the same way Carter and I say, we'd like to get back to a place where Christians and atheists can have conversations about God. I want to get back to an actual society with lots of different points of view where we can all agree and, and make each other, make each other uh, stronger and make each other's arguments stronger by interacting with one another. The thing about social justice is that it's the enemy of liberalism. It's the enemy of progressivism. It's, it's, it's actually... It's, it's an orthodoxy. It's, it's one way you must believe, you must speak this, and otherwise you don't get to have a point of view. And they will stab actual progressives in the back, It'll, you know, just as fast as they'll stab a conservative. Like they don't, they are not the same. And so- Possibly faster. Yeah. So I don't believe in calling people like AOC progressive or a liberal, no matter what she calls herself. I, I call her what she actually is based on what she speaks what beliefs she speaks and how she behaves. And she is an adherent to social justice leftism. That's not, in my opinion, liberalism or progressivism. So I think the reason a lot of people use progressive though to describe them is, and I, I mean, this is a perspective that is uniquely Californian because it's based on my experience in the Bay Area. So maybe it's not true elsewhere, but all the people who called themselves progressives were the first people to start yammering about social justice ideology. So all it was all people who were like, I'm a progressive, I'm a progressive. And and actually the word progressive wasn't super popular. Like people were liberals first, and then they started mouthing about how they're progressives. And then they started mouthing social justice. And so I think a lot of people are like, oh, I guess progressives are social justice warriors now. Like that's the thing. Um, maybe they weren't really ever any, 
of those things. <laughs> I, I, I think it's really important to give liberals and progressives a soft landing place where when they decide to, if they, if they decide to get over their fear and to challenge social justice, they don't feel like they have to become a right winger, whatever that means, or become a conservative to do that. And so well, if they you certainly divorce, don't, but I just want to point out progressivism right. and liberalism are the only alternative to conservatism. But I know, but but a lot of people that it's too much to ask of them psychologically to give up their identity as a liberal or as a progressive. And some of them, because per, because social justice is a parasite and it attaches to liberalism and it attaches to progressivism. And they start to think, well, if I question this tenet of belief, or if I question this thing that my tribe is saying, or if I stand up against this censorship, and I stand up, if I stand up for the Muppets, and I stand up for Greece, you know, does that mean I'm not a liberal anymore? Does that mean I'm not a progressive anymore? No, that means you are a true liberal. <laughs> so that's why that words matter, like, I know somebody said so many labels. Yeah, words matter and they have meaning. And unfortunately, we're in a time where they're trying to cloud meaning and they're trying to change the meaning of words and they're trying to make conversation much more difficult. And so we have to define our terms more than we used to. And uh, when I define liberal, I mean, I mean a classical liberal. I mean, I mean, I, I started this, this kind of silly group, Carter, before you and I started Unsafe Space. Mm -hmm. I made t-shirts and stuff. It said liberals for free speech. And I thought that was so funny because it makes people think when they see that, cause they're like, which liberals aren't, aren't for free speech. Yeah. Right. And then you, and then they think about it and like, Oh, you know, maybe they, because a lot of these people claiming to be liberals oppose free speech. Right. So liberals, liberals are, should be against, they are liberalism means you're against censorship. I mean, come on. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I mean, look, I, I've, several times tried to channel Socrates and, and get people to focus on definitions of things. I think my, I might be a little bit more pessimistic than you are about definitions because I feel like most of those words that we're using and I use them cause I don't have, I'm not saying don't use them. I use the words I have to, there's not really alternatives. Most of them are just super murky definitionally. Like I, you know, even the word liberal, super murky. Some people mean, a classical liberal, which is really more like a libertarian. Even libertarians don't even agree on the own, their own definition of libertarianism, right? Uh, so like there's that kind of crap. And then there's, then there's kind of like the nineties liberals, which weren't classical liberals at all. Uh, but, but had some of the shared, some of the agreement right. with classical liberals and right. then progressives. I mean, we talked about what it used to mean and now it's kind of meaning well, more like nineties liberal is a progressive. So, I think we do, we have to recognize we're in a pretty ambiguous state yeah. of language right now. And, and it is helpful to say, okay, I call myself X, but here's what I mean by X. Mm -hmm. I, this is what I think, because that clarifies. Because, you know, if Carrie said to me, I'm a progressive, I would be like, oh, I don't really want to talk to you. But if she says I'm a progressive and, and these are the things I believe, then I go, oh, well, actually those things are okay. Like that, that's not so bad. Like now I do want to talk to you. But my definition of progressive was just different, all right? So that's what that's why it's important. And you can't criticize, if you can't name, I, by the way, I, the reason I think that they obscure stuff is twofold. One, they wanna leverage your allegiance to a particular label, which yes. Carrie just talked about. Two is, if you can't name what, what's going on, you can't fight it. So yes. like 
they they don't want it. That's why they hate the word this SJW because it's a label. They hate like it. any label. They don't want it. They want to <laughs> use your labels and other labels because yes. that way. If, if they use the label progressive, you can't attack them without progressives, like attacking progressives, and then yes. other people will defend them. Like, they don't want a label of their own because the label of their own makes them identifiable. It's like a, it's like a low jack on a car. Once, the, once you know where they are, then you can, then you can chase them and yell at them. That's but why if they, yeah, well, yeah. that's why you also know you need to identify what they are and name them plainly. Yeah. They are not liberals and progressives. And as you said, when I understand why some people on the right, especially call all of this social justice, this, this ideology that we talk about, they call it liberalism. And I get why they mean, why they're doing that and what they, what they, <laughs> excuse me, what they mean by it. But I think I, I don't do that. And, and the reason why I don't do that is because um, you give them that you, you, you are pushing people into their camp when you do that, because you're buying into their words their misclassification of what they are and then actual liberals and progressives are like well i guess i gotta defend myself because you're saying you know like the, you're you're right you're attacking me so i'm gonna defend yeah. and like what you you've actually allowing them to to lump them allowing them to lump themselves in with other groups and using that label is actually forced teaming in a way that helps it them is. it's forcing right? in a way that helps them yes you gotta stop doing it you gotta isolate them right. to their core what are they they are not liberal. They are right. not progressive. They're social justice people. And that's, like you said, they don't, they get mad a lot when I call it SJW or whatever. And they say it's a pejorative. That's bullshit. <laughs> we came up, social justice warriors came up with that term. And, and the only reason that social justice people don't like it now is because overwhelming sentiment, there's a lot of sentiment now against social justice, against this belief system, as there should be. So they try and uh, move they, they try and make it impossible to criticize them by saying you can't call them any of these things like Carter, like you just said. So you call them anything. I usually yeah. ask them, well, if you don't like social justice, what do you prefer? Uh, I, I also call you a identitarian leftist, identitarian Marxist, social justice Marxist, uh, regressive left, control left, alt left, whatever. But I'm not calling you a progressive because that's not what you are. Right. And I'm not I mean, ultimately, what they want you to call them is a good people. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that's yeah. what they like. Oh, we're the good people. You can call us that. I'm like, okay, you know. Um, all right, uh, let's do some more. Uh, Cheeky Mare says, Dave Ramsey says, no is an ancient and beautiful word that not enough people use. We should take care of our house first and then help others with surplus. Yes, uh, I, I agree with Dave. I haven't heard him say that, but. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Um, and a lot of times Noah's viewed as this negative word, like, uh, <clears throat> how dare you, you know, you must not care to say no. Um, but that's one of these fallacies of assuming that there's never any consequences. Like, if you had infinite resources, like if you literally had infinite time, infinite resources, infinite energy, then saying no to helping someone would be uncaring. Because why would you not? Like, it's just cost you zero. But everything always costs you something. Saying yes to one thing means you are by default saying no to something else. And so uh, part of your responsibility as a human is to set priorities and stick to them. Um, and know where your priorities are and know that like, you know, I can care about this thing. But there's other things that I care about more. I've got limited resources. I'm not going to feel bad 
You know, they use, they use unearned guilt. They try and guilt you into this crap all the time, right? They try and make you feel guilty. Well, there's this problem over here. If you don't donate your money or if you don't do this, you don't care about the kids and blah, 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 blah. That doesn't like, they're just trying to make you feel guilty. You're welcome to do that. If that's a cause that you care about and whatever, that's fine. But if you've got other priorities in your life and other things that are more important, um, your kid's college fund or <laughs> building a company or whatever you want, like, it doesn't matter what it is. You're not obligated morally to do that. You're not a bad person for saying no, but they've tried to convince you. And this is a, this is a move that the left loves. And I think they do it a lot more than the people on the right. Maybe they do it on the right some too, but they convince you that saying no to some bleeding heart story makes you a bad person. And unearned guilt is the weapon they use against you. Don't accept unearned guilt. Reject it. It is vile. You're not guilty for living your life. You're not. All right. I didn't mean for that to be a rant, but it's kind of ended like one. All right. Uh, Alpha Omega is that, Records. Is that why you have no on the thing yeah, behind you? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That's why I have no. You read the next yeah. one. I got to get something to show you. All right. Alpha Omega Records says, I'm late, so forgive me, but I find warnings about Muppets and calls for Greece to be banned very disturbing. I hate to invoke Godwin's law, but this is akin to the 1930s terrifying stand up now. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. As Carrie said, everyone's got their point where they notice it. This is not unusual. This kind of stuff has been happening everywhere, but maybe you just, maybe you're a Muppets fan and you're not paying attention to gaming and so you didn't notice it in gaming but you notice it in muppets muppets it's everywhere it is everywhere there's not like it's gonna keep going but see some knitting. people <laughs> knitting people have different um points at which they start to see it and mm -hmm. so for some people it will be muppets and greases when they start to see it you know what i mean right and um, it, i would not have noticed social justice if it was only in the knitting community i just wouldn't have noticed right. i wouldn't it, have it has to touch something that means something to you. Uh, right. Have you seen this before? No, I have not. <laughs> Where'd you get that? Uh, this is a, a cross stitch uh, that I've had, I mean, forever. Because I, at one point in my life, I needed to learn how to say, is that right? I don't know how to hold it. Um, uh, you're full screen, so as long oh, as it's somewhere, you're Okay, good. well, then never, you can see it. At one point, I needed to learn how in my personal life just to say no yeah. <laughs> more often. Yeah. And so I used to have this behind me when we did the show, but I guess you, you didn't see it because it was back here. I don't think I'd, I could read it. I don't know. I don't know if I could yeah. see it from what I'll it was. Put it back there where it used maybe to be. I just didn't notice. Yeah. I, I can read it. I just, I just guess I didn't notice. I don't know. Uh, but I like it. See, this is why we get along, Carrie. Uh, we can yell no at each other all day long. Um, <laughs> all right. I'll fight you naked says, sorry, no oil in Haiti. They're on their own. <laughs> yeah. I did, did have bauxite and copper and some other stuff, right? There was, they used to be valuable mining in Haiti, but I don't yeah, know. there must be nothing that we want or we're whatever yes. we want. We're getting it. So nothing we want at the moment. Yeah. Um, Christopher Robin says, dude, you guys got canceled legit street cred now. Are you referring to Twitter? We did get canceled on Twitter. Uh, I don't know. I Hopefully we haven't been canceled anywhere else that I don't know about, but if we have been, uh, let me know. Um, 
Let's see, G-Man says, Haiti just got pushed out of the news cycle. We need to focus on more important issues at home, like Ted Cruz's trip to Cancun. <laughs> well, I do think we need to focus on more important issues at home, but not Ted Cruz's trip to Cancun. Uh, yeah, Carrie, yeah, there you go. I was going to say, you, you wandered off center, but you're good. You're good now. Um, all right, let's see. That nobody guy says, Carter, you said offhand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I, I hate when the sentence starts with you said offhand because now maybe I didn't even mean it. Carter, you said offhand in the conservatish interview, you were in a polyamorous relationship. Oh, yeah. How did you deal with jealousy and anger? I was in a polyamorous relationship. And actually, this deals with my... I, oddly enough, this relates to what I was talking about with you have limited resources. Um, the What I thought was like, oh, well, you can you can love multiple people. Loving one person doesn't mean you don't love the other person. I still believe that's true. You can feel things for someone, and that doesn't reduce the feeling you have for someone else. But it turns out that in real life, you have limited time, energy, resources, uh, emotional energy, and spending any of those on one person does necessarily take away from another person. And so actually, it didn't work out for me for that reason, because going deep on a really committed relationship um, is way more rewarding for me than uh, having less deep relationships with more than one person. Um, how did I deal with jealousy and anger? Eh, I mean, I don't know how anyone deals with that. I actually went, I can't believe I'm going to I can't believe I'm saying this oh, on air, but I'm I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. Do it. I'm going to talk I'm about gonna, Dossie Eaton. I'm going to talk, you know talk about this. Everybody that I knew when I was in LA had the book, The Ethical Slut. I have the book. I still have it <laughs> yeah. somewhere. And it's like yeah. the Bible for people just getting into polyamory or considering it or thinking about it. It was at it. the time. Is it still? I don't know. Yes. Uh, I know people who are still buying it and, and telling me about it. You, but so you saw... The author of the book, The Ethical Slut, the, the... She was our therapist. She was Carter's couples counselor. Yeah. And, hey, no wonder we ended up polyamorous. Uh, she was <laughs> she, she was our couples counselor. And uh, I remember asking her this question. Here's the dirty little secret, by the way, about the jealousy stuff. And, you know, I'm sure this isn't true for everyone. Uh, some people just are naturally more jealous than others. And some, like, you know, and... Jealousy and anger, frankly, like super honest communication is necessary and like rule setting and like, like there's a lot of complexity that's kind of required, but some people are just going to be more jealous, like naturally just jealous people. And so I remember I asked her, I like, this is like the queen of this whole thing, right? Everyone's buying her book. She's our therapist. So I'm like, okay, well, what should, what should someone do? About, I basically asked her this question, how do you deal with jealousy, right? Oh, there you go. Carrie's going to show it. Yeah. This is not the conversation I intended to have today in front of the world. Uh, anyway, I asked her, hey, like, what What are we, you know, what, how do you deal with jealousy? What's? And I'm thinking, okay, this is the guru. She's going to have great advice. <laughs> and her answer was, I, I kid you not. I kid I you not. She said, <laughs> yeah. I told Gary the story. <laughs> well, <laughs> take your pajamas and put them in the dryer so they get warm, and then wear your warm pajamas because that feels good and will make you feel better. 
Can you imagine telling Carter Laren that that's how to deal with something? <laughs> like uh, that might have been our last therapy session. I, I don't know. <laughs> like, you've got to be kidding me. They don't have a good answer. Um, and I don't think there is a good answer other than, like, if you're going to have even a straight up monogamous relationship, totally monogamous, normal monogamous relationship, if you want it to last, you really probably should have pretty open, honest communication <laughs> with your partner and mutual respect and, and be clear about feelings because feelings of jealousy can happen in monogamous relationships as well, or feelings of neglect or feelings of abandonment or whatever. Like I, I'm a big fan of probably not going to Dossie Eaton for marriage counseling, but I'm a big fan of relationship counseling generally um, and and personal growth. And I think all that stuff, I I think Polly makes it harder, but it's but those issues aren't absent in a monogamous relationship either. So uh, there's no silver bullet. There's no cool answer. It's just a, a lot of self-work and a lot of like mutual work together and on honesty. So um, here's what I, I think about. Sorry. Can I answer this now? Yeah, also, yeah, go ahead. I really am glad you're talking about this because I kept thinking we might need to just do an episode about this at some point. But <clears throat> here's we have the Carter and I talked about all this off camera a long time ago. And I really appreciated what you said, Carter, about starting to think of love as not an emotion that's limitless, but as something that is limited like time and it's an activity it's a choice activity. to make it's an activity yes yeah and the thing about people who push polyamory is that they don't i don't think they've thought of that before and they tend to think of it as like i can have limited emotion for all kinds of different people but you yeah but you don't have limited time or attention right. or attention to give or time to be spent with so um, I think the other thing about it is that a lot of people who are getting into this now, it's as if, it's as if they think they're discovering something new to humanity and something new and, uh, and that's going to give them more freedom. And, uh, and I actually think that what you're going to end up finding, my opinion, is that you have a lot less freedom. And yeah, I mean, look, I'm sure it works for some people. I just, you know, I, I barely have enough time to be a decent husband to one person like and dad. like, I'm just, you know, it's not easy. I guess if you're a trust fund baby and you have no kids and, you know, you don't really want deep emotional connections, like, I, I don't know what will work for you. Maybe something else would work for you. Like, but, um, yeah, I don't I, that concept. I actually I'll give Christianity the credit because I got it from uh, as like Christian advice, which was that like, hey, love is not just the feeling like romantic love isn't just the feeling that you have. It's not just the limerence. It's not just like it's not just the, those feelings. It's the decision and behavior that you commit to um, around those feelings. And that did change my perspective on love and i think positively yeah also it, so. every person i know 
who was in a polyamorous relationship back when I was yep. living in LA that all ended horribly. So just anecdotally, <laughs> I don't know anyone who did not end in a lot of wreckage, like emotional wreckage and, uh, you know, monogamy obviously ends in wreckage sometimes too. I just, it, it, I think for, especially for young people, I've talked to young people. I talked to this 21 year old a couple years ago who was trying to get her boyfriend to open up the relationship and have poly. And, uh, and, and I was saying to her, you know, you're young and you're thinking this is this new exciting thing that humanity because of puritanical reasons has like cut ourselves right, off. We've never from. thought of it before. And we've never tried this before. <laughs> and, and, you know, you're going to somehow discover this new wonderful utopian way of living and loving multiple people and it not destroy it. What it actually does is I think it, it, it robs you of the freedom to have a really deep and meaningful love with one person but for narcissists and people who are incapable of feeling and expressing and sharing love, um, it might be ideal for you. Like, sure. <laughs> like, if you are, yeah. I mean, I really believe for some personality disordered people, like, yeah, maybe it works. But yeah, I, I mean, I'm I mean, sure, and I'm like, I know right there, but okay, but I am. No, there, there are some, there are some poly relationships that last. Like, I know, I mean, really? but I'm in the Bay Area, so. Oh. But like, you know, there's like, there's some people that I know whose like parents were poly and like they, they, you know, they're, they're, they're still together with whatever their poly enclave looked like. Um, so, you know, I'm, and it happens, it yeah. happens. Uh, but maybe you know, I it's, shouldn't be so judgmental of others. I'll just say tread with lots of caution if you're a young person or even an older person who's considering this just that's. Yeah. yeah, I think it's, I think, honestly, I think a lot of the people do it are just seeking, um, they don't want the responsibility, they don't want responsibility that comes with a relationship. They're not doing it because there's some unique circumstance. They just, right. hey, it's fun to, like, they just, they just kind of want fun without consequences, right? Which turns out doesn't work. Um, Cheeky Mare says, Carter's my spirit animal. I think more like him. I don't want to split my focus away from the rider, but I love your focus on the elephant. I think it is why you disagree on the Hades story. Possibly. Thank you, Cheeky Mare. Yes. Possibly. I think uh, so. Miki the Fourth says, Sup, my thought criminals. Have a merry Monday. Hey, Miki. Uh, Z Athras says, When they fired Gina, Pronouns issue, bleeding heart reaction. But if she dares to even tiptoe toward using a certain description for her behaviors, how dare she? Fired, narcissistic, and butthurt. Yeah. Well, I, yeah. It's Disney's firing of Gina is just. Yeah. That's just a. I still, as much <laughs> as they're Disney, it's just, it's amazing that that they chose to do that with because it's really they really shot themselves on their own foot. Uh, I'll fight you naked says my wife is from Cambodia and it's common for wives to give hubby permission to bed other women. I've never had fidelity problems, so I don't do it. You know, I want to make a, I want to make a distinction between polyamory and sleeping around because there is a distinction and I know people don't, not everyone knows the distinction. Polyamory is an attempt to actually have loving relationships with more than one person. There is a difference between polyamory and like 
open marriages. There are people who have monogamous in the love sense marriage, but they do what you're talking about, I'll fight you naked, which is they have permission under whatever rules and circumstances to have extramarital sex. And that's a separate ball of wax, uh, but it's not the same thing as polyamory. It may have its own complications, but that's not what I was talking about. Well, um, I, I will also just say um, some of the people I know who claim to have been in polyamorous relationships where they were supposed to be open and upfront and they had both agreed with their sp- or agreed with their spouse that they could have these relationships as long as they were honest, all the stuff the ethical slut talks about, right? Like be right. get it approved first and whatever. They still kept it a secret because they got off on the yeah, secret. That- they still lied because they got yeah. off on the, it being a lie. That I guess ignores the ethical part of it. Yeah. <laughs> like, was- I honestly don't think if there's a, if, if two or more people have a mutual agreement about some like voluntary interaction with each other, I don't think there's an ethics problem. There may be practical problems with it. There might be, maybe it's not healthy for some reasons, depending on what the agreement is, but it's not like, I'm not one to quickly judge them ethically. I mean, certainly you can do things that are self-destructive and like you could have that conversation with them if there's there's agreements that are not that are self-destructive but um but yeah there are there are people who i think because it got popular there are lots of people who basically just want to cheat because they like to lie and they've decided oh i'm now in an open or i'm now poly and they're just using those words as cover for their yeah yeah Um, i could tell stories it legitimizes it yeah, no, please don't. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> Pirate Tomsky says, I nominate this episode as the strangest episode of Coffee for Break so far. I think I think this award, I don't know how the award ceremony goes, but I second your nomination, Pirate Tomsky. It is a strange episode, not what I wanted. I don't even want to well, be having this conversation publicly, but it's just it is what it is. Okay. Uh, I do, because I want to steer young women away from... I know. I I just I don't like talking about my personal life in that way. It's not a. I don't. It makes me uncomfortable. Uh I never planned for a career where I get on, like, (laughs) I I get in front of you know thirty thousand people audience and talk about my (laughs) sex life. That was not ever a plan. Uh, so, I'm I'm still uncomfortable with it. Uh, Okay, Mickey the Fourth says. Every other person in polyamory whom I know, she puts that in quotes, are you implying that it's common in the USA? Jeesh, weird musicians, LOL, would not fly here. Um, no, well, weird Americans. Right. Um, it's not common in the US, but it, you know, first of all, I'm in the Bay Area. Carrie was in LA and in the music industry. <laughs> So I was in the inner comedy and music. Yeah. Sorry, uh, yeah, I, I said music because that's how I met you. But yeah, sorry, comedy and entertainment. I would say the Bay Area and the entertainment industry are not necessarily representative of. Thank God, are not representative of the moral mores of America at large. Uh, so <clears throat> I don't think it's super common everywhere. Although with the advent of a lot of these online dating apps, I think. Uh, 
casual sex has definitely skyrocketed in the last 20 years. Well, infidelity is very high. And is it, I haven't looked at the stats. But, yes. You know, and, uh, and polyamory and open relationships, I think, are more common than most people think, even though correct la new york san francisco are not indicative of the whole country but i know it's spread to i know people in austin who are in these kind of relationships i and, think probably open relationships are a lot more common than poly relationships yeah. is my guess i think there's probably a lot of cases like i'll fight you naked who like one spouse is just like yeah you know or we're both are just like you don't do what you want and we're not i'm you know it, I think that happens probably not not it's not as uncommon as you might think but I my, don't, my point is I'm that we're so at a place culturally where if you want to be a rebel and you don't want to conform the most rebellious thing you could do would be to enter into a monogamous marriage <laughs> yes. and really truly commit yourself to this person and put their happiness before your own and raise kids with them and try to raise those kids right and maybe even consider going to church and you know that's punk rock today <laughs> i think you're right i think you're right um yeah all right uh i don't think we have let's see i don't think i think we're caught up on super chats Good. hold on for a second in the spirit of today, the app that I have to load Super Chats crashed. So, you know, hey, I'm just, just going to take a deep breath. This is what's happening today. It's all good. Um, uh, well, I'll just read uh, some. Uh, these are not Super Chats, just some chats. We got a lot of people in chat today. Hello. Kent says, I'm the opposite of polyamory. I'm monoprude with two kids and one wife. Monoprude. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> let's see. Oh, there are Somebody, some super chats. Callum I found says, them. Well, okay, but let me read a couple of these. Callum says, with a strong distinction between love and sex, I can see a loving relationship being somewhat open. My issue with that is I, I would, uh, my only, my pushback would be, um, from what I've read about women, women in particular, uh, tend to form emotional bonds sex more often than men do anyway and so saying that you can separate sex and love or sex and feelings sometimes what you're doing is you know because your body releases oxytocin it's the bonding hormone and sometimes what you're doing is chemically bonding to yourself to someone who you shouldn't be bonded to and then you might start making irrational decisions about binding yourself to that person in other ways uh, because you now think that you love them. Uh, so that would be my only caution about sex with someone who you don't want to bind yourself to. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, I think that generally, I don't know how studied it is, but I think it is generally true. And someone just pointed out in chat that uh, he's in the gay community and it worked, you know, it works for gay relationships. Um, but I think you, you do see a lot more promiscuity in the gay community and possibly one explanation is guys don't bond as much over 
sex as oh as yeah the same person callum right. said yeah it works for my gay relationships yeah that that's actually i've seen that argued before in a paper or something about because men because it tends to be women more again we're talking about averages so not all men not all women but on average women tend to bond more uh right. but that men. would mean the lesbian community would be more monogamous well yeah don't you know all the lesbian jokes about what happens on the second date you no. show up with your u-haul Oh no, I don't. Is that what happens? Okay. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not up on the lesbian jokes. Carter. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll fight you naked. <laughs> Thank you for for this. I'll fight you naked. Says, quick, more personal sexual questions for Carter. Thank you. I appreciate that one. <laughs> Pirate Tomsky says, Carter is the poly history the reason you picked the name Unsafe Space? Oh God, no. But thank you, Pirate Tomsky. Uh, yeah, I would have, it would have been sticky space. All right. Uh, KTB, <laughs> that's horrible. I can't believe I said that. K KTBL gives us five bucks just for the hell of it. Thank you, KTBL. Okay. I think I'm caught up on, I think we're all caught up on super chats. Lady Delia said, these are not super chats, but chat says, yeah, Carrie's right about that. You all on the second date, uh, silver kangaroo says, I don't get the you all thing. It's a joke, right? It means it means that lesbians bond, that women bond so fast, especially when the other partner is a woman, that they that they move in on the second date. They show up at the U-Haul, meaning I'm ready to move in with you <laughs> on the second date. Anyway, you have to explain the joke. It's not funny anymore. Um, the Somebody else says, isn't there a high divorce rate among lesbians? There may be. The thing about bonding There's with a high someone, divorce rate among among everyone, among heterosexuals, <laughs> yeah. the, 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 my whole point about bonding with someone you shouldn't be bonded to is that I think culturally, now that we've um, put sex, it's just considered a given now, sex before marriage, then you have people choosing who they're bonded to based on hormones that they've built up and, the, and the, this bonding ritual that they've gone through this person. But instead of picking the person they want to spend the rest of their life with, and then bonding with them, they're they're bonding and then saying, "Oh, but I love this person now, so we're going to get together and get married or whatever." And then what happens? Well, there's a lot of divorce because maybe you should yeah. have been with that person. Yes, although I'm going <laughs> to now, I have a unique situation. Not only was I polyamorous, I was also a virgin when I got married the first time because I was very Christian. <laughs> okay. And I, I will say that. that was a horrible mistake. It was a horrible, horrible mistake because I was just basically horny. I just really wanted, like, I just really wanted to consummate our relationship. And the only way to do it was to be married because that's what God said. And so I convinced myself that there was a lot more depth to that relationship than there actually was. And it would have been way better for me to sleep with her and then go, oh, you know what? Actually sex isn't worth it and i don't like i would have seen her more objectively after that i believe uh so i i don't know i <laughs> i think it could go both ways i think it could go both ways today what other questions can we ask carter i didn't know that little tidbit yeah the carter after dark edition someone said yeah i know uh, um what Speaking the hell? I've got. Of, I have no shame anymore on this show. It's horrible. Somebody Azor said, says uh, Carrie is uh, destroying hookup culture. Look, I know. I seen. I've. I've. I was. I'm so open minded. I've come back around to conservatism. <laughs> like, 
this is where you, hey kids, keep keep pursuing hedonism and nihilism. Maybe you'll maybe you'll be lucky and miss suicide and end up back at conservatism. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> I, you know, I have a friend. She was actually on what was the stream I was on the other day? Um, it was Daniel Wagner's stream, Unframe of Mind. I have a friend uh, who, Ovens, who came on that show, and she used this word. I forgot that this word existed, but she described herself as monogamish, which, which <laughs> I just like, I think is probably what a lot of, I think there's actually probably a lot of monogamish people out there. So, I don't know what that means, um, but it's a funny word. Um, uh, but so Azor, <laughs> I actually, I will say this, but I don't know if I'm even pronouncing it right. So I'm not, I don't know if I'm giving Azor what he wants. Azor says, I just want to hear Carter say UWU, but I don't know. Is that a thing? Does it mean something? Am I supposed to say oo? I don't uh, know. I don't get that. I don't either. Go back to your fiance, dude. Come on. Trying to get me to say weird Okay, things. this is not a super chat, but Jack Thorne asks, how the heck do you start a healthy relationship these days? I was told on a date that she would not date a straight white male. <laughs> and I asked her which one of those she thought I was not. Uh, hey, I'll say this. A lot of what's happening right now in the dating world, I think, is it's actually, it seems like it's bad because... There's so many, limit, so many limited options, but it's actually good because you're not wasting your time with people. If if you're on a date with someone who tells you she doesn't want to date white people, well, and you're white, well, <laughs> obviously don't go on a second date. I mean, why, why chase that? Why chase that? Um, if people weed themselves out for you so you don't have to spend a lot of time pouring over those choices, start to look at it as a good thing because your time is too precious to waste on people who are, are going to lead nowhere. And so it's better that you find those things out sooner. And so that's one way to look at how crazy it's gotten in the dating world. It's like when you're looking for a house. Get, I got really specific. And, and my realtor back when was like, well, you know, I'm not going to bring you hardly anything. I'm like, yeah, great. Because I don't want to waste my time driving around the houses I don't want to see. So Yeah, I will say this. I absolutely abhor dating. It is such a waste of time. Most people are so boring and horrible to be around. And I'm sounding like a curmudgeon, but like, seriously, dating sucks. So that like the, the narrower your requirements are, the better. If there's like, you know, you find one person who's like meets your requirements. It's like, oh, well, that that's a date worth taking. Right. Um, like, great. Uh, so, yeah, I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's bad. That's why when Mikey was talking about this on, uh, was it Grindr? He was complaining that, like, he was worried people wouldn't like him because, he, you know, if once they found out he – once they that's right. Once people found out that he was a Trump voter, they would not like him. And I was like, just put it in your bio. I'm a Trump voter. Now no one will ever click on you to, to go on a date with you unless they're okay with that. Like, done. Yeah, then you're done. Yeah. Okay, super chat. That nobody guy says for $10 says, it may sound weird. But Carrie reminds me of my mom. They both look so alike, and she's sweet, but she will hold her ground in her beliefs. Is Carrie an atrocious dancer? Thank you for the question. I am an amazing dancer. I was going to say, I bet Carrie's a great dancer. I'm just an atrocious singer. Oh, you and me both. <laughs> <Bad singer. clears throat> 
Um, Mickey the Fourth, you want to do Mickey the Fourth? Mickey the Fourth says, considering the current lockdowns, some of us in the end might just might not get the choice whether to marry as virgins or not due to severe case of clock ticking for family creation. Where <laughs> nice. are you at? I realize you're giving us check check money. I guess you're in Czechoslovakia. Czech Republic or whatever. Czech it's Republic. Called Czech What's Czech it called now? Um, well, you know. I don't know what lockdowns are. I'm realizing I'm kind of ignorant about what's going on in the UK and other places in terms of lockdowns. I mean, I, I was going to say, just don't adhere to them. Cause I don't, I mean, all of this, this stuff is not going to stop until we, until we end it. It won't end until we end it. So if you're tired of, if, if you're fine with it, I'm not telling you to do anything you don't want to do, but if you're tired of masks, if you're tired of lockdowns and find ways to break these authoritarian rules, because uh, I don't think they're moral or ethical and I don't believe in following them. So be rebellious, go on a date, you know? I don't know. Maybe I'm saying something that's impossible where you're at, but. Yeah, if they're gonna shoot you for it, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, another one from Mickey says, uh, dating is an, is the annoyingly long unskippable cutscene in a game of relationship life. You don't move anywhere, have no control, and have to suffer suffer through. <laughs> That's an excellent uh, gamer analogy. I think that is probably true. <sighs> all right, Gary. Wait, here's one more. I think I this made it through the super chats. Oh, good. This is not a super chat, but Girl on Foot says, "I'm with you, Carrie. Full punk rock over here. Married with two kids." Waiting for the right man was definitely worth it. You are punk rock. That's the thing. That's a, that's the funny thing about where we're at now. Look at what culture says, and look at what's counterculture, and and suddenly what's counterculture is what used to be traditional. I think it's so funny. Anyway, yeah. Uh, the UK is cucked. Uh, Carrie, Czechoslovakia has not been a thing for like thirty years. Yeah, but it's fun to say. <laughs> it's a good <laughs> word. <laughs> Uh, okay. Carrie's fiance is an amazing singer. Yes, he is. I'm not, however. Makes okay. up for Carrie's. At this singer. point, we're just hanging out and with you guys. We yeah. should probably wrap this up. I, I, yeah, forward. I was going to say, we could talk about other stuff, but I feel like this day has already been draining, and then I had to get up here and talk about my sex life unintentionally, so I'm ready to just call it a... I think we, we tie a bow on this episode and and wrap it up. What do you think? I think we should ask Carter more personal questions. Somebody, somebody in the chat. Well, time to get. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, speaking of all this, it's funny ending this kind of conversation with this today, but I've got to go to pre-marriage counseling. And See, would, good. Yeah, and I would highly suggest it to anyone. I've had one session so far. It was great. We both really got a lot out of it. And um, I don't know why more people don't do it. I, I certainly, I've already mess up one marriage i don't in intend to mess up another one so uh i want to i've got to go do that so but but one more any more personal questions for carter uh, no i don't think i see any oh, that's great okay <laughs> <laughs> wait cheeky mayor says carter was it uh what was it two women with carter meaning when you were polyamorous was it with uh, two women yeah the, i've i've experimented with a lot of things but i've not experimented with guys I was just never into it sorry sorry to disappoint people who 
want me to swing both ways, but I've not done that. But I've I've experimented with many things, but yes, all, all women. Uh, Nanya Business says, next time we can discuss my sex life. I don't know what we'll talk about for the last hour and 59 minutes, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, lately. Yeah. Papana says, last call to make Carter uncomfortable. <laughs> Last call, everybody. Then we're wrapping up the bar. <laughs> <laughs> I know. What, what's going on with me? Usually I let my daughter watch these shows, but not today. Uh, not today. Uh, oh, one last one from Kelly, Super Chat. She says, if if two kids is punk rock, then what is nine kids? Yes, all hours. One husband for 25 years. Wow. That's damn. like, that's like what what's punker than punk rock? You're the Sex Pistols. Yeah. You're a death metal. <laughs> you're, you're Sid and Nancy is what you are. <laughs> you're... Uh, can I tell you guys something? If you, if you've been watching us for a long time, you already know this, but if you don't, if you're new, you may not know this. My cousin is Kelly Jo Bates from the Bates family and they have a TV show on the up network. She has 19 children and they're all, so you're behind kids. you're, you're the loser in the family. <laughs> yeah. I'm like the black sheep. <laughs> and I used to think that she was, uh, I used to be very judgmental about her because they're, uh, believers and they homeschool all their kids and they, you know, kept having kids and um, it, it, they don't so much follow some of these rules now, but they used to, when we, we were all younger, their kids, all, all the girls wore like floor length dresses and they were very modest. And uh, I just really kind of, I was, and I was in my hedonistic social justice place and uh, I was very judgmental about her. But now I look back, and I'm kind of like, I think she had some things figured out. I'm not saying I'm going to do the same, uh, but I, yeah, I think you better she, get started. 19, 19, <laughs> yeah, I'm way behind. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> interesting episode. Carter, I hope you're feeling better than when we started. We made it through. I, I'm going to have to go deal with the aftermath of my anger earlier. Is what I'm gonna have to deal. Uh, if it was your first time watching. <laughs> This was an interesting, unusual episode. Please tune in again. We have another series yeah. called Deprogrammed, which is a deep dive into social justice issues. We have a lot of interviews on that uh, series. We have a new series by Comics Division, Ian, uh, which is called uh, The Great Reset Series. We have book club series. Uh, you can check out all of our content at unsafespace.com. Uh, the next book coming up is The Fourth Turning. We're doing nonfiction this month. And you can join us. If you go to unsafespace.com, go to the book club page. You can find out more info. It's free to join and participate. And uh, for everybody who does contribute financially, this is a big thank you. We would not be, we would probably still be doing this, but uh, in a much jankier fashion like we did at the very beginning. I would have even uh, more days like today. <laughs> you would have even more days like today. <laughs> and we would not be able to upgrade, which hopefully we're going to be upgrading again soon. And uh, we really thank you. And you can uh, figure out how to support us at, if you want to, at unsafespace.com on this donate page. And if you subscribe at the $25 level or above, you get a mug that looks like this. And it's a grenade. And if you want to support us in other ways and you can't do it financially, that's fine too. Everything, we've only ever done one video that was just for subscribers. Everything else is public. So you can like and share and send videos to your friends. We have a clips channel, Unsafe Space Clips, uh, which is separate from this one where you can send out short clips. We also have merchandise. Carter showing a picture of Mostly Peaceful, which is a shirt that Becky designed for us. 
and uh, you can get it at our website. And that's all the things. I think I've said all the things. Have a great I think you day. Did. We have we do have more merch coming out. I think this week I don't. Know, we should talk to Beverly, and we have two interviews coming out this week. One with Kenny Shu and one with Lou Perez. Woohoo! Uh, I don't know which days. Probably at least one of them on Wednesday at eleven, but I'm not sure about when the other one is coming out. And we'll figure that out. But it will be out this week. So, uh, all right. Well, have a good week. Make good choices. Be the better version yeah. of yourself. That's all. all. All that stuff she just said. Okay. <laughs> all right. Bye, everyone. <laughs> bye, everyone. Have a good. Have a good one. Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy. So go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com slash donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms, at least for now. And you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning. This is an unsafe space. Dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the Cathedral. Pay no attention to it. For your protection, the following co-conspirators have been unpersoned and marked for cancellation. You have permission to feel safe now. You are welcome. Here's a fun lived experience. Human biologicals enjoy an unearned and privileged status in today's culture. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. Please enjoy this special message of appreciation from your benevolent leaders. Computer voice, Curtis, never mind, that last line is fake news. Please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately. There will be cake.